3: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network.
4: Okay, here we go. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. It's v the Sports Betting Network. A Wednesday, February f- is in the air. Is it not? Happy Valentine's Day as we welcome you in. Got a huge show coming up for you. Mike Palm, VP, Operations, The D, Circa, and Golden Gate's going to join us. Of course, Matt Moore, one of the best covering the Association Action Network, going to join. Aaron Halterman, Mr. Plus Money from yesterday, is going to join with a bunch of plays. As we say hi, I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Of course, the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. He's got a couple of tricks up his sleeve for Valentine's Day. D, keep it quiet, Dustin. I said the D, downtown Las Vegas. Uh, A couple of things I wanted to note off the top of the show. We've got a huge show coming up for you. We've got a college basketball primer. We are, what, exactly five weeks away from the NCAA tournament. You know, Selection Sunday right around the corner. I'm going to give you a primer. We're going to go tier, 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 let you know who's good, let you know who's out. There's a ton of teams that can win the tournament this year. It's not just about San Diego State and FAU last year breaking up your bracket. Expect more of it. Okay, the Sycamores, yeah. Yeah. Larry Bird, they're ranked. Dayton, the Flyers, yeah, they're ranked. So there's plenty of teams that can get it done this year. We're going to get into it. Also, as far as college hoops, I asked for the power ratings from Thomas Gable over at the Borgata. Teams 1 through 10, and then we asked about teams such as Purdue and Houston on a neutral for betters and how that would play out. Of course, we've got plenty to get to. It's a Wednesday, always a big slate in the NBA, so we'll get to that coming up in just a bit. And as we mentioned, as we kind of Tinker what we're doing here on Chart Money. I, I really do believe, not just for the network, but for the show, post Super Bowl is an opportunity for us to get you to stick around. Like, this is the time for us to set the standard. Why would you want to stick around? You've got horse racing, you've got Champions League, you've got soccer, you've got MLS, you've got NBA, college basketball, you got everything you can bet on. So, that's what we're trying to establish for you. And yesterday, we did just that. We gave out 16 plays. Now, Remember, why do we hound you about becoming a Vison pro? It's not just because we want your cash. It's really not that much money. We want you to become part of the team because as you become part of the team, it becomes about a community. So we gave out 12 plays on the air last night, and then we gave out four plays for Vison pros. And one of those plays was Iowa State at Cincinnati from Thomas Gable catching and it was never in doubt. So if you want some of these sharper plays, you've got to go to visoncom slash subscribe to become a pro. How about yesterday as far as the family? We'll bring the big guy in here. The family went nuts. Samich, four and one. But that's Mike Samich. See, that's what he does. He comes on. He starts peacocking as soon as the NFL season's done. Here's how Samich and I and the friendship goes. I had to ask him today about Bitcoin. What does it mean when we're about to have Bitcoin? Not H-A-V-E H-A-L-F You know, having Bitcoin So he had to explain that to me and last night Congratulations to Samich, Went 4-1 and one on the show Aaron Halterman, who's going to be joining us The plus money king on the ice Went 2-0 and, and, two and zero In plus money wins in the NHL Last night, Gable I mentioned, Randall And Dustin also sharp So, we continue with the plays today Another family video coming up from our very own Will Hill, who's going to be joining. So got a ton of plays coming as we say hi to the big guy at the D on Valentine's Day. (laughs) And you know what? Slimming black on you today. Maybe you have a date. Is it black? It's more of a navy blue. I wish I had it. I couldn't tell you the
5: last time I had a Valentine's Day date. In fact, most of the time what I do is if I'm talking to someone leading into Valentine's Day, about seven days ago is when the self-sabotage begins and I find my way out of it.
4: Okay, well, here if you did care about the show, yesterday you were flexing on Berkey and I about talking to the waitress on your way to the restroom. Mm. Now, we could do a tease. It's a three-hour program. It's quite an odyssey. There is a waitress there at the D that you have your eye on. And if you did care about the show, I'm not trying to put pressure on you, but if you cared about this program, you would ask her out on the air. Well, I,
5: no, no, I'm not doing it on the air, but... I do want to ask Mike Palm about it because I want to get a vibe for her because he would know her better than I because technically he's her boss. Um, I want to know, is she asking me questions because she knows that Mike comes on the show once a week or is she genuinely interested? Because I have a feeling she may just think she may not know any better and think I'm important even though I'm not as she walks by right now with a tray full of drinks.
4: Uh yeah. Well, can you at least explain to us like an idea of who she is, what she looks like? This is very much theater of the mind. You gotta give me something. She is, she is I mean, a... I can I can work we can work some magic behind the scenes. Our program director, John Goulet, is often at the D. He's a good wingman. Mike Palm, who's more credible than him? I can get involved. Like, no, can the you help us out? I can tell shot. you we just got very thank you. Hold on. Before you say something, thank you to the crew in the back. They're giving you a wide shot if you're watching us on YouTube TV or VEASAN.com. Now, one of those pretty young ladies walking (laughs) through the screen right now could be the apple of the big guy's affection. We just don't know. That's part of the mystery. Well, you know the part on the apple
5: at the top where it does this, it's very circular, but like there's a nice round shape to it. That's how I would describe her. (laughs) Uh, In the right area. I feel you. Like an apple. Like Actually, like if you bit an apple and you bit the middle, the top
4: and the bottom... Rounded in the right places. I know you you tend to give too many details. I I totally understand what you're saying. Also, what would Sharp Money and the big guy be without shtick on Valentine's Day? So we'll end the show with Dustin Swedelson's top ten childhood crushes, which I'm sure was a pretty easy list for you to put together.
5: No, there's actually I have a uh, first five out that I'd like to go over as well. If
4: Kelly Kapowski is not absolutely murdering say by the Bell, anybody? If Kelly Kapowski is not in Topanga, if those two aren't on the list, then your list stinks. But you like to troll us with these lists, so maybe so. I'll I'll give you one
5: that didn't make the list right now that I'm sure you were a big fan of as well. And that would be uh, Jenny Garth, the blonde from Beverly Hills 90210. Remember the first time I saw her? Don't know what the show was about. Watched every episode, though. (laughs)
4: <laughs> don't know what the show was about. It wasn't the Da Vinci Code. It was literally about high school kids <laughs> getting into trouble. What are you talking 35 about? 35-year-old high school kids. Rich high school kids getting into trouble. Hey, uh, okay, so we'll get the childhood crushes. Jenny Garth wasn't my thing, so you're not offending me, but mm. you were offending me by saying you're old, so I'll give you an old show with an older lady. That's exactly what you were trying That's to That's exactly what I was doing. The NFL's old news. However... You know, mock seasons coming up and the undressing of Caleb Williams and his skills coming up. And I use the word dressing on purpose because he just did a magazine cover in a dress, which is going to affect a lot of people and how they grade, of course, Caleb Williams. But as we say goodbye to the NFL right before the show started, Dustin teased me with some sound that we have. Uh, So this is what I want to do shanahan the big conversation is did he or didn't he educate his team about overtime whether or not he did or didn't, and most people believe it doesn't matter, they would have performed the same. I like to say the devil's in the details, and did you cross those T's and dot the I's? If that fell through the cracks, what else in the game plan? A three-point differential fell through the cracks. So we're going to hear from Kyle Shanahan. Also, Kelsey is talking about Shanahan's decision. Did you see, by the way, the ref, when the 49ers, when Fred Warner said, we're taking the ball, the referee said, are you sure? Yes. 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 Not great for the subjective, (laughs) objective arguers. If the referee's like, dude, do you know the rules? You're going to take the ball here. So we're here from Kelsey and what the Kansas City Chiefs thought about the 49ers taking the ball. And then Mahomes was compared to Tom Brady. So let's get this out of the way. Then we'll get into the plays in uh, a college basketball primer coming up. We'll start with Shanahan. Go ahead, big guy. Yeah,
5: so Kyle Shanahan met with the media, end of the year press conference. By the way, uh, breaking news, he called a another meeting with the media. It's happening, I guess, in the next few minutes here. Wonder what it's about. We'll give you the update once
4: we get it here. Uh, but well, Shanahan... we do have breaking news. He's going to fire Steve Wilkes. Well, Steve Wilkes gonna... is out as the 49er defensive coordinator. Don't you? I, I'll, I'll steer the ship. Uh, Steve Wilkes is out as the defensive coordinator, big guy. So that's what Shanahan's going to be discussing. If you have breaking news, you break it. Okay, big guy, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, I was trying to get to the soundbite. Here was Kyle
5: Shanahan yesterday in his first of two meetings with the media over the last 48 hours talking about the decision to take the ball in overtime
6: so guys it's it's only 17 points been a lot of football games where you're down 17 points we're starting with the ball um it's that's that's plenty of time to come back plenty of points to come back but regardless of any of that stuff we're not going out like this we got to be a lot more aggressive here in the second half and um and everything
4: that's not the clip yeah i don't think that was um, the right clip by the no. way if you're just joining us here on sharp money uh Here comes the bus, and Shanahan's throwing his defensive coordinator under it. Steve Wilkes is out as the 49ers defensive coordinator. That news is coming in. Go ahead, big guy. All
5: right. Well, let's hear from Travis Kelsey because he had a reaction on his podcast with his brother Jason about Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco deciding to receive in overtime.
2: Do you win the coin toss? That's that's what you get. You get the opportunity to have the advantage and they handed it right over to us. Yeah. Well, Damn I mean, and, and, not trying to harp, harp on the guy, but it was a huge Like when they said we want to receive and the ref looked at Fred and he said, are you sure?
7: <laughs> yeah.
2: Dude, you sure, you want to receive And he said, yes yeah, yeah I want to receive I want the ball. I was, I was just like I got I jumped out of my seat and said they're hey hey, here we go. here we go. Let's go boys. Perfect. They want to receive. We get second possession we know exactly what they want. defense hold them. Just hold them to three. I don't like just hold them to three. We're gonna go down here and win this thing,
1: baby.
4: Wait so for the third possession and subjective crowd, I understand math comes into play, and we like to hold. I know math people like to hold it over simpletons like they know more than us. But if every football player that actually plays the game is absolutely cackling about the, the idea of the 49ers taking the ball there, maybe they're onto something. I, just maybe. I'm, just, I'm literally just posing the question. Uh, well, it's the same
5: people who also think from their couch, despite never being involved in the game of football, No more than coaches who spend, I don't know, 150 hours a week dissecting football.
4: Okay. The big guy doubling up there. When we return, Patrick Mahomes has been on this show compared to Tom
0: Brady. We get his answer next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: AI
8: might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up.
3: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: You can feel the tension. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. <laughs> it's debate time. <laughs> The big guy said he could step up. Who knows? Mike Palm versus the big guy. These are my questions, and I will start. 30 seconds on the shot clock. Coin toss backstage went to Mike Palm. We'll pick up where we left off. Okay? Moving forward, Mike Palm, what cities should be in the Super Bowl rotation?
3: I really believe Miami should stay in the rotation. New Orleans gets it next year. People love New Orleans. New Orleans has been the most frequent spot. Um... I think I take L.A. out because it's going to be at SoFi. If it's at the Rose Bowl, maybe that's different because of the setting. Many were at the Rose Bowl. I say a three-year rotation with with Miami and New Orleans. I would like to hit all areas of the country outside of the Northeast. So
5: I will keep Las Vegas. I will always keep New Orleans because I, I think there's an element to the Super Bowl where you have to be able to party immediately after in that city. New Orleans has that. Obviously, Miami has that. My last city does not have that, but I'm told it is the greatest event town in America, and it's the most walkable city of the Super Bowl options. We'll go Indianapolis.
4: Dustin Swiedelson, Kyle Shanahan's overtime decision was fill in the blank.
5: a Weakness. I've never read The Art of War, but my assumption is there is something about information and when you take the ball in that spot and you're Kyle Shanahan, you're putting Kansas City in a position of power of information, of knowing exactly what they need to do when it's their chance. So I think it showed extreme weakness from Kyle Shanahan to take the ball and then also weakness to not even score a touchdown. At that point, once you take the ball first, I
3: think you have to score a touchdown, time, Mike Paul. My one word is non-analytical, uh, for the the reasons Justin mentioned. Uh, just like it, it now becomes a college football overtime, and you always want to go on defense first there, even if, if it's going to be a seventy-five yard field instead of a twenty-five. But here's the other thing: all these stories came out about Andy Reid practicing the two-point plays if they ever got to overtime from the beginning of the year, from August. You can't tell me somebody could have done some spy work there with San Francisco and known that and known you don't want Kansas City because even if you score a touchdown, they're going for two, and you're a dog.
4: Palm gets the point because he called Dustin Justin. That's I'm the, I'm the rule maker here. Okay? Thank you. That's what it is. Uh, Bill A.D. bought a mansion, <laughs> Mike Palm. What's better? A vagabond lifestyle or stationary? Roots.
3: You have to grow roots, Patrick. I mean, people fight wars over the ability to own land. And in certain countries, people aren't <laughs> allowed to own land. In this country, certain people weren't allowed to own land for a long time. You have to be able to own land. This guy living, I mean, he's making a god-awful amount of money. He's living Rich. out of hotel rooms.
4: Yeah, he's a rich person. Yeah. Dustin.
3: Uh,
5: the only thing I've learned in adulthood is that responsibility is overrated. Uh, doing the dishes, having to do laundry, having to fold said laundry and put it away. I want to live in hotels. Someone else will come in and make my bed every day. Someone else will put my clothes away if they're all over the place. I don't want to have to worry about upkeep, bills, utilities, signing up for things. I want it all just to exist. I pay my fee and I walk away. Dustin Sweetelson, hot or iced coffee? This is the dumbest debate of all time. The key to coffee is getting it into your body as quickly as possible so it can hit your brain and open things up so you become Bradley Cooper in the movie Limitless. (laughs) Iced coffee allows me two parts. One, get it into my body as quickly as possible and to consume as much as humanly possible in a short time.
3: I think if you live in a cold weather state, I think the hot coffee is much more important, Patrick. Here, we're out here where it doesn't get very cold. Ice coffee becomes the thing. I never really drank ice coffee for a long time, but I've come to love it now and probably ordered about 80% of the time.
4: Mike Palm, the greatest NFL quarterbacks in order, the three greatest NFL quarterbacks in order are?
3: I still say it's, it's Joe Montana is number one to me and then I go Tom Brady, and then I'll go Patrick Mahomes just because his resume isn't complete yet, but it's hard to argue with what he's done in this short of a time. And the series of consecutive AFC Championship games to me is the greatest achievement even more than three Super Bowls.
5: Three greatest quarterbacks. Number three is Peyton Manning. Every time you turn on a Colts game, ball was on the 40-yard line, never had a defense. And if he didn't play in Brady's era, he would have a lot more rings. Brady's number two, the rings, blah, 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 whatever. And then number one's Patrick Mahomes. He can do things that no one in the history of the game has ever done from the quarterback position, can li- literally score from any point on the field with a bomb downfield. Patrick Mahomes is the king of the NFL.
4: I struggle with literally It's a well. tough one. Dustin, best sleeping position, side, back, or stomach? Look, if you sleep on your back, you're a psychopath.
5: You look like a dead person. You sleep like a corpse. I once dated a girl, and I use that term loosely, who literally slept straight like this, and it terrified me every time I looked over at her. Side, I can get behind to a degree, but if you want to sleep and you want a deep sleep, you are face down, butt up, out cold. And that's a big front porch there for the big guy. (laughs) Mike Palm?
3: I'll agree with Dustin that the, the back is number three here. It's tough because when you're sleeping on your stomach, your head is turned so it's sort of like your side. I, I'll go with side because it's easier to sleep next to your partner if you're on your side so I give that the uh, the, the tip of the Ooh, the Mike Palma Cuddler, huh? Mm-hmm.
4: Wait, no, how about oh, a little yes. romance from Palma <laughs> on <laughs> Valentine's? Yeah, <laughs> 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 I like it.
3: You, you, can't it, sp- it you can't spell Valentine's without
4: L-E-N-T. <laughs> That's exactly true. Everybody knows it. Um, Palm, you're next. Mm-hmm. The best Super Bowl bet over at DraftKings next year is the Lions at 12-1 to or the Jets at 25-1? to
3: No, I'll take the Lions. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not behind all the Jets love. We don't know what Roger's situation is going to be. That team was up 17 at halftime at San Francisco, who I think after the Super Bowl, everyone agrees, is still the best team in football and was this year. When they forced a field goal to start the second half, they had that thing won. I get your point, though. It's going to be very hard to get back to that point, even if you're the road team to have the game control in an NFC Championship game. But I like everything that what Campbell has done, and I like that they've built it from both lines.
5: It is the Detroit Lions at 12 to 1. I want no, no part
4: pandering to the no pandering nope. to the judges.
5: I want no part of the AFC. I don't want to deal with the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens or the bounce back Bengals. When you yeah. look at the NFC, you've got the 49ers who you were this close to beating. Also, Ben Johnson back for one last ride. We're whipping out all the trick plays. I like the Lions at 12 to 1.
4: Palm this is good competition. Okay, Dustin. My favorite TV series ever is The Crown. The correct answer is? Entourage. Uh,
5: There's never been a show in the history of television where you wanted to be in the show. I watched that show every single day, and all I wanted was a friend like Vince, someone like E to manage things, and then to be kind of like Turtle be along for the ride, don't have any responsibility, and basically live a rich person's life off of someone else's success. Entourage is the greatest group of friends of all time on television, and that's why it's the greatest
3: show that's ever existed. I'm gonna go with the good wife. You know, about every three months I watch all seven <laughs> Whoa, what seasons just again. Happened? This is an incredible drama. I like legal dramas to begin with. But they were shot in New York, it's a show set in Chicago shot in New York. they had all those great Broadway actors and all the richness of all the characters and these recurring characters that would occur a couple times a season, F. Murray, Abraham, Dennis O'Day, all these judges, Patty Lapone, these incredible characters. If you get a chance, watch the seven seasons, it'll blow you away. I'll admit he got me there. <laughs>
4: Mike Palm, Super Bowl 58 on a scale of 1 to 10 was what? 10, the greatest Super Bowl ever played. Well,
3: I don't say that because I still think 91, Super Bowl 28, with that setting, with the Gulf War, Whitney with the anthem, the tremendous game plan of Belichick was number one. I'll give it a 9.3. I thought it was very good. I thought the slow start, too many turnovers. I think the turnovers took a little bit away from me saying that it's the greatest of all time. But the setting, the city, everything, it's hard to argue it's not top three. Uh, I'm going to go with a three. Three out of ten. Ooh. Thought it was very sloppy, Ooh. very Ooh. ugly.
5: Both teams were not at their best. Now, what we'll do is we'll remember. You asked me ten years from now. I'll tell you it was the greatest game ever. It went to overtime. But in the moment, remembering the, the, the game as a whole, it was not a good game until about halfway through that third quarter. Dustin, last question. The best sport to watch in person is? Everyone's going to tell you it's hockey. And I love watching hockey in person. But there was one sporting event I went to, and I left it with the greatest appreciation for those people performing that sport, and that was NASCAR. I couldn't believe how big, how loud, how heavy, and how fast those cars were. And they were legitimately inches from each other's bumper going 150 miles an hour down the track, watching them in the art of the pit stop in person. Everything about NASCAR, Time.
3: I'm everybody, baby, because it's hockey. What you don't see on TV is what goes on away from the puck. And the size, the speed, and the skill of these guys is truly amazing. It doesn't hurt to watch right on the glass in Derek's seat. But for me, hockey is number one. The left turns, Ooh, a little I'll pass flex. on.
4: little flex at the end with Derek's seat. How about that? Uh, Bill A.D. has chimed in. I said, Bill A.D. bought a mansion. What's a better lifestyle, vagabond or stationary? He agrees with Dustin Sweetelson's answer. <laughs> Now, what is he renting we out the
3: mansion? <laughs> He's gonna rent it out. Well, you could probably rent half of it out
4: and never see that those people. <laughs> we add it up: one, two, three, one, Ooh. two, one, two, one, two, three, four,
3: five.
4: Let's see. I think I got it. Three em. wins to two wins to five pushes. The first edition of Paul versus the big guy goes to Mike Palm. Oh.
3: Oh. I can't just a 220 dog. Here's, I
4: went from a $3 why. favorite Here's why. To <laughs> here's why. He said this year's Super Bowl was a 3 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> it was coming down to the end. I, I my opponent, what? my opponent
3: always has that moment. That was that was a situation.
4: <laughs>
5: <Venezuela>. <laughs> that that was strategy. I knew it was close and he went 9-3 first. I had to go opposite.
4: He added sausage and pepperoni <laughs> to a vegan pizza.
3: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN,
2: the Sports Betting Network.
4: Okay, out of decency would like to note we are aware of the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs parade today near Union Station at the Super Bowl victory parade. Again, we don't have much information But there has been a shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl Parade. That's all we know right now. We're wishing for the best for everybody involved. Okay, we got you back here. Become a VEASAN Pro, daily best bets, access to the betting splits, upcoming March Madness betting guide. Now, here's the deal. You can get involved for $9.99. And if you like it, stick around. If you don't, it's okay. dot slash subscribe. Now, this has been my ride or die for years. His name's Matt Moore. He's one of the best cover in the association, the Action Network NBA writer. Matt knows it well. When I'd call him at 11 p.m. at night, he'd still give us time. HP Basketball on Twitter. And we welcome in Matt Moore to talk the NBA. And I'm going to start here, and then we'll get into some of your headlines over at Action Network. Last night for the Bucks was embarrassing. It almost felt like they had self-corrected, but they're three and six under Doc. And the problem with the loss in Miami last, excuse me, a loss at home to Miami, 123 to 97. It wasn't just the defense. The offense was atrocious.
7: Yeah, they're having problems. You know, Damian Lillard has not looked the same this season. And whether that's, you know, the trade, he's got some stuff going on in his personal life, injuries, who knows, age, um, they, he has not been the player that they sent through holiday for, and that's a major missing component. Giannis has played great. I think they've started to look much more like a, a, a unit that's going to be able to be organized and execute defensively the way that they should under doc rivers. The winds haven't come, but I think they've turned a corner there. They're a little bit, their structure is a lot better, but they're still pretty inconsistent and they're still relying on a lot of guys that are very, difficult to kind of rely on, you know, Bobby Portis has had a rough year in terms of how bad the bench has been when he's been on the court. Um, They don't have a lot of depth, you know, Marjan Beauchamp shows flashes. Um, They've got green who I think has been really good for them. There's a lot of guys that could be good, but it's, they don't feel (laughs) as stable as some of the other Eastern conference heavyweights. And I think that's going to be a real problem for them come playoff time. But I will say like, look, it was a back to back. You got a good win versus the nuggets. You're on a back to back. Miami comes in. Miami is their zombies. The, no matter who's hurt, they still just find a way to get there. And so I think that they'll probably, I think the Bucks will be fine for the rest of the regular season, but I'm still not a buyer on them in terms of postseason futures.
4: So right now, the Celtics plus 120 at DraftKings to come out of the East, the Bucks plus 260, the Knicks 8 to 1, the Cavs 10 to 1, and Philly 12 to 1. Let's keep talking about the East. Uh, you wonder, you know, I was thinking last week, Washington went to Boston and covered the same questions will be had, Matt, about this Boston team, you know, whether it's coaching or I hate to use the word soft because it's thrown around so much, but they have to answer some questions this year, the Boston Celtics.
7: Yeah. And it's tough because they are in that spot where there's nothing they can do to answer our questions. Now, they're the best team in the league by margin, like by any metric. They're the best team in the league. They have the best record. They have the best point differential. They have the best, they're top five in both offense and defense. Like you just check all the, they're great versus great teams. There's no weakness in what you can really look at. Their clutch record's good, but we're still going to have questions because we've seen this group stall out too many times offensively late in games. And we saw it a little bit in that game versus Miami last week, but they were able, they were up by so much. They were able to come through and get the win I do think that we're going to continue to have kind of questions with them as far as like you're going to have to show it to us. You're going to have to show us you can win the title in part because I think that there is a doubt about can Jason Tatum be the best player in the playoffs? Can he be the best player? I think Kershavs Porzingis levels them up. I think they are better than last year. I think they have more mechanisms. But one of my concerns is that if we're looking at the Eastern Conference, if it's Eric Spolster or Joe Mazzula, who do you want? If it's Nick Nurse or Joe Mazzula, who do you want? (laughs) That gets really tough. I think Maz's approach in the regular season is great. They put up phenomenal performances and numbers and records, but they're going to have to show that they've got that final ability to solve playoff problems and not have the offense stall out. I think until I'm going to be a buyer on them on a futures market, especially at these prices.
4: Action network, Matt Moore, Matt, I'm obsessed with the Knicks. You know how you get stuck on a team with league pass. I went from thinking Julius Randle was a losing player So now maybe he's my favorite player. Now I know the injury, but you add him to Brunson and then Ananobi. And and then I don't know how teams weren't fighting over Bogdanovich at the trade deadline. Like he's a, he's 20 automatically. Where are you
7: overall on the Knicks? They're eight to one in the East. Yeah. The OG acquisition was so perfect for them. Just in terms of, if if you looked at when they're fully healthy, they've got size, they've got versatility they have a dynamic point guard in Jalen Brunson who is perfect for playoffs and is very he, – he is as clutch as they come. Like, I trust Jalen Brunson to keep putting up points and putting pressure on an opponent, whether they're up or down in the fourth quarter, uh, against tough defenses. He's phenomenal. That OG Inobi acquisition is just kind of perfect on top. And then you layer it with they've got these options. They can go to Josh Hart or they can go to Alec Burks or they can go to Bogdanovich. They have more options on the table for them. Now, look, Tibbs – not a great playoff coach. He had the good mm-hmm. run with the Bulls in 2012, got beat by LeBron, no shame there. But since then, he's been one of the worst coaches in terms of success rate as a dog in the playoffs, and they're not going to be favorites this year either. They got to get Mitchell Robinson back. What I will say is, if they, I'm w- watching the standings very closely because if they wind up in a bracket outside of Boston, if Boston gets the one and the Knicks can wind up in the second or the third or even the sixth, quite honestly, if they stay out of Boston's bracket, I think they'll tear some of these teams up.
5: Matt, is there a narrative where Jalen Brunson can find himself? I know he jumped the MVP awards market a few weeks ago. Is there a narrative that can be created without Randall here where he could challenge for
7: this award, or do you see it as a two-man race all the way the rest of the season? It's a two-man race. The problem is all the candidates outside of Joker and Shea with beat out have either the stats or the team success. The Knicks have the team success, but if you – if you just stack up Brunson's numbers in terms of just production, points, rebounds, assists, efficiency, they don't level up with Shea and Joker. Those guys are just so much bigger engines than Jalen is. That doesn't mean that Brunson's not a great one. I think he is tough as nails. He's just not on that level of production and driving a top team. And then you got, got Kawhi's in that same spot where the numbers are really good. He's super efficient this year. Awesome. Kawhi's been amazing this season, it's been such a great bounce back year for him but he's not necessarily the engine the same way that Shea and Joker are. Then you have guys like Tatum, whose teams are up there, but they don't perform either. And then you got guys like Luka, who have the numbers. Their statistical profile absolutely puts them in that category, but they don't have the wins. You have to have both in order to topple Joker or Shea. So for me, it comes down to you should bet this with a mind on who do you think is going to finish number one in the Western Conference? If you think it's going to be the Nuggets, it's Joker. If you think it's going to be the Thunder, it's Shea. If you think it's going to be anybody else, it's still Joker because I think Joker gets the edge in what would be a tie there.
5: And with with SGA, does he just need Denver also to change maybe their approach with Jokic? You would know better with your your Denver connections. Like, is there a chance he gets rested more? Is there a chance late in the year SGA can make a, a surge just because Denver's thinking about another title, not necessarily winning him the MVP award?
7: Yeah, so a couple of things here. I I think you've seen the Nuggets get waxed double-digit losses in the last two games. They're definitely not going to be gunning down the stretch for a top seed. They're not going to be pushing for a top seed the rest of the way. Uh, I don't think Joker's going to miss a lot of time because he just doesn't miss a lot of time. He just – he plays. If his guys are going to be out there, he's going to be out there if he can go. But I do think he'll level down a little bit. And we've seen this before where anytime since last year – the Joker gets mentioned as the favorite to win MVP. This happened earlier this season. Joker just kind of dips a little bit. Just mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'm going to pass a little bit more because I don't think he wants the attention. I don't think he wants the distraction. I don't think he wants the noise. I don't think he wants the questions. Um, so I do think that there's a, a good chance that maybe he just tails off a little bit or the nuggets tail off slightly. Uh, I do think that Shea is the best. I've thought this all year, though, and I have a preseason position on him. I still think Shea Gillis-Alexander is the best value to win MVP.
4: One last question about the East, and we'll come back and go to the West here. Matt Moore, the Action Network, uh, he's the best. Now, Orlando, I got to admit to you, I was disappointed last night. Tremendous spot, but Jalen Williams goes 33, SGA goes 32. Orlando, a weird spot tonight because the Knicks are coming, second half of a back-to-back. That was an emotional game last night. Where are you on the Magic?
7: You know, I, I think I had the, they're over on the win total and I'm just kind of good there. I don't think this is a, a team that's gonna go very far in the playoffs with their inexperience. I don't there's a chance that they slide into the uh, play in tournament. I wouldn't be necessarily surprised at that. I do think they're live for the division. I think maybe that division's a little mispriced given that they've played pretty well in those kind of situations. Um I think Orlando's really good tonight. I think it's a stay away spot just because it's the last night before the all-star break, and, and unless it's allowed that spot, I, I try and avoid it. Orlando's tough. But I think this is just year one of them kind of building towards being something serious in the East
4: okay matt moore the rumor is we hoodwinked you into two segments so i appreciate you for that we're going to come back and talk about the west including i don't know if the rumors if it was a fallacy but the golden state really tried to convince lebron to come up the coast we'll talk to him about that and get to the west is minnesota a legit, legit challenger in the west more with matt moore action network again just a programming note we are aware of the shots fired near Union Station at the Super Bowl Victory Parade. We don't have much information, but we're keeping an eye on it, and we're back here. It is Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. It's VSIN, the sports betting network.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you?
4: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSEN,
3: the Sports
4: Betting Network. Okay, Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. This is VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. We welcome you back here on a Wednesday, February Fourteenth. I'm Patrick Maher. Dustin Sweetelson. Reports of shots fired around Union Station at the Chiefs parade today. That's all we know. We just send thoughts and prayers with everybody involved, and we welcome you back here on the program. We're going to welcome in the Plus Money King, and that is Aaron Halterman. So you're going to see a lot of Aaron moving forward. Jared and Aaron, of course, RacingDudes.com. They've actually written Kentucky Derby guides for the network in the past. They're my mentors when it comes to talking the ponies, along with the buddy, Mike Samich, but one of Aaron Halterman's specialties is on the ice, and he had a couple of plus money winners as far as the family play yesterday here on Sharp Money, but we have to talk some drama as we say hi to Aaron Halterman. Now, a couple of things. He's a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan, so I will tell you now congratulations. Um, I didn't hear from you after my Lions lost in the NFC Championship game and you didn't hear from me when your Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl. I just want you to know it wasn't out of bitterness. I'm just an idiot, okay? I meant to text you and I didn't, okay? So now we're even. Good. I'm glad we're. I'm glad that's behind
6: us now. I feel like it, it was kind of just a wedge between us. Now we're even. I feel like I can come on here and the awkwardness is is kind of gone. So that's good.
4: Y- yeah. Yeah, it, it it a little bit. Now the awkwardness is never fully gone when Dustin Sweetelson's in the mix. So, Aaron and I were having a conversation. Dustin comes back from the restroom and does what he does. He just jumps in and starts talking. He doesn't care that anybody's talking. Mm-hmm. He said, "Oh." Can I talk about on the air what you and I were texting about this weekend?
5: Big guy, the floor is yours. I would also point out that when I sat down, both of you got quiet or were already quiet. There wasn't really a conversation happening. Luckily, I showed up to pick things up for you. You're welcome. Um... Aaron, you were texting me about thinking about making a potential move out west here to Vegas. Now, you have two opposite people you're talking to when it comes to Vegas. Patrick, not a fan here. Me, never felt like I belonged anywhere more on planet Earth than right here. So, (laughs) would love to give you some advice, and maybe we could be the devil on both shoulders here. Devil and angel on each shoulder.
6: I, listen, I'm all for it. I've been debating it. I live in Missouri now. It's cold like six months out of the year. I, I visit Vegas in December. It's like, wow, I'm wearing shorts during the day. I, I love the vibe out there. I think we're going to get all four uh, sports franchises. Major ones are going to be in Vegas you know, within three or four years. So that's kind of my initial thought process of, man, I really kind of want to live there.
4: Yeah, and you make your living in sports betting, racingdudes.com. You and Jared have made a career out of it. And I want to clean up what the big guy said. Shocker. Uh, One, I love the people in Las Vegas. I absolutely love my coworkers, love everybody I met there. I couldn't find a sense of community. That's the only reason I left. But I'm just an idiot. Like, I'm a person that's a 45-year... I'm an old man that's single, and I was living in a subdivision, okay? Now, Aaron Halterman is happily married, moved with his wife out there, makes a living in sports betting as well, and it'll work for him. Dustin Sweetelson is, like, close to 40, single... And he likes to get down. You know what I'm saying? He likes the nightlife. So it's, a, it's all very disparate. Dustin, yeah. would you like to defend yourself? No, I would defend you also
5: actually in this discussion and say you are a hippie. You are the biggest hippie I know despite like people not realizing it. You are very much in touch with your surroundings. And I think you have a connection with the Pacific Ocean that you're never going to let go. So I think being <laughs> here, the thing about living in Vegas is you feel like you're near an ocean, but the water never comes unless you go to the Hoover Dam.
4: Yeah, yeah, you're right, Aaron. I'm probably the only one that's ever liked the Pacific Ocean. It's a pretty big mass of water. So you're on to something there, big guy. No, I would encourage you, Aaron, if your wife is down, to move to Vegas. For someone like you, you would absolutely love it.
6: You guys are are missing one big thing. I live in Missouri, so, like, anything is going to be great, right? So it's like Pacific Ocean. A lake, uh, you know, a pond, anything would be fine with me. <laughs> Warm weather, that is that is step number
5: one for us. So. Uh, and you know who else liked the Pacific Ocean, Patrick? One, one of our shadiest
4: presidents you and I have bonded over, James K. Polk. Oh, yeah, James Polk was, you know, manifest destiny, what's cracking? Yeah, you get excited about a puddle in Missouri. <laughs> I, dig- I digress. Um, before we get to your place for the evening, Kansas City Chiefs. Walk us through. Now, it was a game that took a little bit to get going, but just the mastery of Patrick Mahomes. I don't know at this point what you can say about the dude.
6: It, it was really an awful game for three quarters, and then it was a great game after that. Uh, it, it was one of those things, guys. Th- the biggest thing about it, you just kept watching, it and it's like the 49ers are one step away, whether it be one play or one score, or just don't fumble on special teams away from putting this thing out of reach where Mahomes can't do anything about it. And they never could do it. You know, I really thought when it was 16 to 16, the, the 49ers had the ball. It kind of felt like they might be able to run the timeout, kick a field goal. I thought this could be it. This could be it. The game's over but they just never could do it and they just kept Mahomes around and and kept the Chiefs around. You got to give the Chiefs defense credit as well. They held him in the game and then when it mattered, you just kind of knew Mahomes was going to do his thing and and that's just the thing like I really don't feel like it was like a great performance by the Chiefs overall, but it was just like when it's time to make the plays, Mahomes were going he was going to make them and you had to you had to bury him and they just never could bury him.
4: Is this weird for you? I keep on th- Go ahead, Dustin. I'm sorry.
5: Is this weird for you? Like, most of our lives, we're all around the same age. Your franchise has kind of been irrelevant. Like, they've had runs. They've had playoff teams. Like, they've had good teams. But you're now the baddest team in the NFL. Is it weird that everyone's hunting you?
6: It's funny because I talked to Jared about this today. Jared's got two little boys and all they know are Super Bowls, right? Like they're like four, three and five years old. It's like, they don't know that the chiefs were so terrible for so long. And then even when we weren't like terrible, they were still, you know, they were average. You knew they couldn't win the whole thing. So yeah, it's, it's strange for sure. It's, it's kind of like I'm wearing the blue sweatshirt today. It's like, it's weird when we were good there for three or four years too, because yeah, you were always kind of the team that nobody really cared about. And now it's like, oh, like that that's the villains. It's like, what? The villains? How? You know, but it is, it is strange, but it's awesome. Like I said, you got a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback. And look, when you get those, this is what happens, right?
4: Well, congratulations. That's your text message. Now, let's get to the plays. Congratulations. Two-plus money hockey picks last night that cashed for the Sharp Money audience. And we're going to start here. The Panthers at the Penguins. Now, the number on the game itself is minus 135. You're going to lay the puck in a half, and you also have a first period play here.
6: Yeah, so I'm laying the puck and a half here. You're getting about plus 190 this morning. I think it might be plus 185 now. I'm not quite sure, but you're still getting pretty good value. Look, I think a lot of people lay a puck and a half in these situations when they can get close to even money, when it's a heavier favorite. I don't really like to do that. I've done a lot of research on it and a lot of trial and error. And I really think if you're going to lay a puck and a half, you need to get closer to that those plus 200 numbers, two to one odds. So I'm going to lay it here with the Panthers. I understand they're on the road. It's going to be a little bit of a tougher game. But honestly, guys, any way I analyze this, the Panthers are a better team. I don't really worry about going on the road that much in hockey. It doesn't seem to play that much of a factor in most places. So, yeah, Panthers minus a goal and a half for me. And then also going to go – under a a goal-and-a-half first period. These two teams pretty good defensively, two very good goalies that are sharp right now. So I think we go under a a goal-and-a-half first period, and I think the Panthers get it done by more than a a goal-and-a-half.
4: Okay, next up, Minnesota at Arizona. What's the number you got here? I do have a six on the total, but what's the number as far as the line?
6: Yeah, I, I got it this morning at plus 210, going minus a goal and a half for Minnesota. Uh, this one it not as strong as my first one, but I just kind of analyzed this game, kind of analyzed the last 10 uh, games that each of these two teams have played. Arizona, they've kind of been overachievers all season long. They're starting to kind of regress back to what they really are, which is just okay at run of the mill. Uh, Look, I think at the end of the day, if Minnesota stays out of the penalty box tonight, they're going to get the job done in Arizona. That's the one area where maybe they have a little bit of a disadvantage. So they stay disciplined, stay out of the box. I think they'll overwhelm Arizona, a team that's kind of slumping. So give me Minnesota. I think they're going to start playing a little bit better overall as well.
4: Okay, there you have it. Lay the goal in a half with both. Now, racingdudes.com. Blinkers off the podcast, you've got the Kentucky Derby, by the way, the 150th running of the Kentucky Derby coming up May 4th, but for those that want to get into horse racing, first off, I encourage anybody, if you feel intimidated by the sport, Jared and Aaron do a great job helping you understand it, and that's racingdudes.com, like I mentioned, they've written the guide at VEASAN for the Kentucky Derby in the past, what's coming up as far as graded stakes here in the near future?
6: Yeah, so the prep races for the Kentucky Derby, that's what's the big deal right now in horse racing. So there's there, there are prep races leading up to the Kentucky Derby where you qualify for the big one, and that's what's going on now. We have our first like major one coming up this weekend. Uh, it's called the Risen Star Stakes down at Fairgrounds in New Orleans. Uh, it's the first major step down on that circuit towards the Kentucky Derby, and lately it has produced a lot of really nice runners. So That's what's going on right now. The big story with the Kentucky Derby, Bob Baffert horses can't run in it again. Uh, So he's out, which makes things, you know, pretty wide open when you kind of eliminate his horses. So just following the Kentucky Derby prep races, that's the big deal that's going on right now. Uh, The lead into, yeah, like you said, what should be a massive uh, 150th Kentucky Derby.
4: And right now, two or three horses that our audience should know, looking forward to May 4th.
6: Yeah, this is tough. Uh, if we had Baffert horses, it would be no problem. I think he's got the best ones and he can't run. kind of sucks. Look, I think Steve Asmussen with uh, Track Phantom and Hall of Fame. Those are two horses you need to keep an eye on. I think they're very, very sharp. Also, trainer Chad Brown, very good trainer on the turf. He's got a good dirt horse this year, Sierra Leone. Those are the three I'd keep an eye on out right now.
4: Okay. Well, congratulations to your Kansas City Chiefs. Let's keep the plus money going there, Prince. He is Aaron Halterman, RacingDudes.com. We'll talk to you next week, Aaron. Thank you very much.
6: All right. Thanks, guys.
4: Okay. We've got maybe a surprise firing in the NFL and a firing in college basketball. We've got to come back and discuss and more sharp money.